In this episode of True Lessons, I discuss ancestors, my experience with connecting with them this year, and my memories, my special memories with those that I do know and remember. So I'll start us off with a quote today by Russell M. Nelson. When our hearts turn to our ancestors, something changes inside us. We feel part of something greater than ourselves. Our inborn yearnings for family connections are fulfilled when we are linked to our ancestors. Yesterday was the Day of the Dead, El Día de los Muertos. Since I watched Coco, yes, the Disney movie Coco, I started to think about how I honor my own ancestors. And this year, out of all years, I have felt the need to connect more with them, especially my maternal side, um, specifically female descendants. I just feel this strong feminine pull to the lineage that I come from. And little did I know as I was researching what ancestors are, that there were different kinds of ancestors. (laughs) So according to Lisa Renee, an author, counselor, um, she talks about four different types of ancestors. One is the familial ancestor. You know, they pass on genetics and cellular memories. There's also ideological ancestors. According to Lisa Renee, She says they pass on ideas, innovations, and inventions. I found that very interesting. There's also relational ancestors. They pass on affinity-based advantages. That is, I feel like I should take a whole course on that. I feel like that's really deep. And I haven't been able to really pinpoint that in my own life, but I find it so interesting. And the last one is environmental ancestors. They pass on wisdom from nature. That one is very powerful. And I think those who meditate, do yoga, and find ways to connect with nature, like go grounding and things like that, um, can relate to this particular ancestor. But I didn't know it was a type of ancestor. So that was like extremely interesting to me. But I'm going to focus on familial ancestry because I'm this at this point in my life, that's what I'm connected to, especially my grandmother, because that's just who I've always been connected to. And I think it's because I have like one very sweet memory with her. Before she passed, she was staying with us in Newark, New Jersey. And I remember one morning she woke me up. My parents were still sleeping, so she came into the bedroom where I was sharing um, with my parents, or my parents were sharing with me, whatever, (laughs) and she said, Jeannie, remember my middle name's Jeanette, so Jeannie, levantate, come with me, right? I was like, okay. So I get up excited because, hey, it's my grandmother. Like, I just want to be with her. So I walked with her to the grocery store in a corner. I mean, as a three-year-old, I probably thought it was seven in the morning, but it was probably 10 o'clock in the morning. Who knows? (laughs) I can't remember what night we had in the family or whatever, but she took me to the store and she 
said hi to everybody at the store. She was just having conversations. And I remember the store manager, he's at the cashier register and he just looks at me and says, um, like, she's so cute. My grandmother's like, yeah, that's my granddaughter. That's, um, so-and-so's daughter, you know? And, um, the store clerk kind of just looked at me and looked at her and didn't say anything. I just remember just standing there staring at the candy apples and at him. And it felt like an eternity had passed. But my grandmother said, you know what? Give me some caramels for her. And I was like, mm, like, yeah, because I kept staring at these candy apples that were like drenched in caramel. But I was like, oh, my God, yes. And I remember she said, you can hold it, but you can't eat it until you actually have food. I was like, it's okay. Like, cool. And I remember holding her hand, walking back to the house and feeling the caramel squares plastic in my hand and just, just imagining how it would taste. And when we got back into the house, my parents were already awake. And I remember just like being so excited, staring at these sweets and having, I felt a sweet moment with my grandmother. It's my only memory of her while she's alive. But I was probably not even three years old. (laughs) And unfortunately, at three years old is when we lost her. I've always had like very vivid dreams about her my mother's mother, and somehow I always felt super connected to her to the point where I remember my mother telling me that my grandmother would always draw on beauty marks when she did her makeup. And now I kid you not, I am full of these moles all over my face. I swear they're the ones that she drew on her face. They're like, they're all actually coming out permanently on me. (laughs) So when I was three, her spirit came to visit me. And obviously at that age, I had no idea that her spirit had come to visit me because I didn't even know she had passed. Well, let me tell you what happened. I was sitting around the living room. My mother was in the kitchen cooking and I was just kind of being a kid, kind of like going from one side of the living room to another with something in my hand. I can't remember if it was a toy, a little, it wasn't a doll, but I probably some kind of figure that my little brother had um, because it felt very, very tiny, kind of very plasticky um, in my hand. But I can't remember exactly what it looked like. I just remember the feeling of standing around and playing with something on the on the sofa. And I just kind of sat down and I looked across from me and I saw my grandmother. And she was like, hey, Jeannie. And I was like, oh, mama. Like I was so happy to see her. I always called her Mama Iris. Her name was Iris. And I was like, oh, Mama Iris. And she said, Jeannie, portate bien, which means behave, like be a good girl. And I shook my head, yes, like, yes, like, I'll listen, I'll be a good girl. And she said, recuérdate que te amo, which means remember that I love you. And I was like, te amo. And I just said it back to her, I love you. And I remember her kind of like, kind of like vanishing. I'm not going to say there were sparkles or anything, but I kind of looked back at the chair like, where'd you go? So I ran to my mom and I said, mommy, mommy, mama is here. Mama is here. 
And she was like, what? Kind of like, what are you talking about? Because she's cooking. She's in front of the stove. And I'm kind of like tugging at her her leg and her, I think she had a dress on actually. And she's just kind of like, relax, like, wait, this is hot. Like I'm dealing with this. But then I said, no, mom, my Edie's was here. And I told her what she told me. And then my mom just busted out in tears. And I remember her like just running into the bathroom. And I'm like, what happened? And then I remember my mom telling me that my grandma had passed away. And I was like, no, she didn't. Like I was almost in disbelief. I was like, she was just here. And when time passed and I got older, my mom told me that that was a couple weeks after she had died. Um, And so with that, I felt, yeah, her spirit had come to visit me. And she told me to always be a good girl and that she loved me. So I guess with that, I always felt super connected to her and tied to her. But it's a memory that I also carry with me because even though it wasn't while she was alive, I always felt like her spirit was with me. Well, with that, I don't think ancestors are the ones that we remember only, but I think it's the ones that we forget. Like, which got me thinking, why do we forget? Why do we disregard their work or love or stories? Our ancestors, I believe, are a part of us, not behind us. There are some inexplicable tendencies, emotions, habits, like even physical features that we're always wonder about, like why do we look a certain way or why don't we actually look like someone in our family? But maybe it's because they're not alive. But I can almost promise you that some ancestors of ours and the generational line could relate to us on some level. A few months ago, I had a beautiful experience while I was meditating. I can't remember which meditation it was, but it'll come to me when it's needed. But I remember calling on my female ancestors, those that I didn't know about. And I got to see three beautiful women. They looked like Native Americans. And they were all different ages. One was actually a child with very long hair. The other was probably middle-aged. And the other ancestor was an older ancestor that if I had to put an age was in their 60s. And they all held me and told me that I'm never alone and that they're here watching and that they're here supporting me. And they're not just proud of me, but they're happy that someone's continuing the work that they started to do here on earth. And I felt held like a baby in their mother's arms. I felt so nourished, so nurtured, so loved, so accepted. I felt so feminine. I felt so flowy. I felt so safe. And I can't tell you enough how that has carried me through the rest of this year. This year has been very challenging for me. I've been undergoing many challenges and just different transitions from career to physical to spiritual to relational, familiar, just 
very, very intense, but all in good ways. Since I've been extremely connected to the higher powers that be, I don't feel weak or unable to carry through anything that I am faced with. So I feel good about any challenge that comes my way because I feel like I've done so much work that I will be carried through it all. There's nothing that I can't face because there's a reason why I've been giving this opportunity and that I'm not left alone like my ancestors told me. And I carry their image in my mind and heart and it's made me love myself for number one, what I look like. I was always told, you know, you look so Spanish. And I used to kind of feel offended by that. But now I love that because that's something no one can take from me. It's my ancestry. It's my blood. It's where I come from. It's who I am. And it's who I'll always be. And it's not just who I am today, but it's part of me that no one can erase. So I ask you, How do you honor your ancestors? Are you connected to your ancestors? I plan on connecting more and listening more to these spirit guides and whatever it is that they need to help me on this earth and help others heal and whatever it is that they need to talk to me and tell me what I need to do because they're the ones guiding me. And I would love to hear how you all connect with your ancestors and how you intend to connect more with them, if at all this episode has impacted you. But I would love to hear from you and how you connect with your ancestors. Because it's, is it because it is so beautiful to connect with the inner us, not just our inner child or our inner teenager, but all those parts that are within us that we can't see. And that includes our ancestors. This episode is brought to you by Empowered Majesty Team, where life coaches guide, help restore, help heal, help motivate others to be their highest self. The world needs healing. So why not empower others through life coaching? Everyone is here to serve their highest purpose and is majestical in their own unique way. Let Empowered Majesty Team help you. It takes a village to raise a child, but it also takes a village to help people along their journeys. As life coaches, we are here to ensure we support the world's healing journey. To book our services or for a free discovery call, visit EmpoweredMajestyTeam.com. Again, that is EmpoweredMajestyTeam.com. Let's heal together. This is your host, Lily Jeanette. Thank you for listening to an episode of True Lessons. If you found this episode helpful, please share it. If you love the show, please rate and subscribe and review. And if this podcast has been part of your journey, please send me your letters and comments on social media. The IG handle is True Lessons Podcast or via email to truelessonspodcast at gmail.com. That's truelessonspodcast at gmail.com. Dot com.